Dublin lose, end of an era. Yeah, just a bit of a reaction to the Dublin loss there. Finally got around to watching it. Hadn't, I hadn't planned on not watching it. It was on, it was on YouTube for like, uh, it took a couple of days and the whole thing was put on YouTube. Very difficult to watch GAA over here. It's just like inaccessible for the most part. Most big sporting events you can stream illegally somehow, but GAA obviously is more difficult to get which has been a problem in recent years. And as such, I'll be honest, I've fallen a little out of touch with the whole GAA thing, the Dublin juggernaut, uh, not to mention that killer virus that's going around. First off, shout out to uh, whoever the fuck it is who just uploads the entire match, plus extra time, plus injury time, uh, onto YouTube. I don't know who that person is, but I do really, really appreciate it. Secondly, it's very strange to uh, rewatch Dublin matches and Dublin not to win. No, that goes without saying, but one of my favourite things to do was go through the, ma the match. You'd be like, either on the hill or in the later years, Hogan's, or um, Jesus, can you fucking remember <laughs> fucking names of the stadiums <laughs> or names of the stands in Crow Park? That's <laughs> how out of touch I am. The Hogan Stand, I believe it's called. Uh, yeah, in, in, in recent years. And obviously just some incredible memories. But then you do all the usual things. I mean, they're just, they're just days that are just etched in my memory forever. I mean, I will never forget those days. I also like to think I was at a good age to be able to appreciate it as well. I mean, after the first few All-Ireland wins, it was like, Jesus. Well, first of all, it would have been like, win the All-Ireland and then back it up and then three in a row. And then it was all about, you know, the drive for five and, you know, watching mixed progression. And after five in a row, no, it was actually, it was after, let me just work this out now, 11, 13, 15, 16. After 16, 2016, I remember thinking that consolidates Dublin as the greatest ever Dublin team because it's three in a row, but it gives, it's on paper, a better success story than the Heppel's Army era. But with each additional year, it kind of, there became a new story up until the, um, the five in a row, which of course had never been done before. But after a few years, I think it was after, what did I work that out as? 15, 15, 16, 17. After the win in 17, I was like, I just really want them to win this one because that kind of, you know, that trumps the Hefo's army era. And after that, I was like, okay, Anting, from here on in, we are just free rolling. I mean, it is just a privilege. And I mean that in every sense of the word. It's just a privilege to be in Crow Park on All-Ireland Final Day. I mean... It is not lost on me how fucking lucky I am in this world. In the earlier years, it was all about the scramble for tickets. I think I'm right in saying that in 2011, which is so long ago, Mick got eight tickets. It might have been ten. It might have been ten tickets. So it was definitely either single figures or it was ten. And obviously they were just hen's teeth. And in the years that kind of followed, the kind of the allocation of tickets were just going up and up. I think it might have been 
I think it might have been 20 tickets in 2013 when uh, Casey got absolutely shafted. Something I'm not even remotely over yet, by the way. And in the years after that, it was like 25, 30, 35. It was just getting an obscene amount of tickets, pretty much. It became a shoe-in that you were getting a ticket. Whereas the early years, like someone like me would have been a little on the edge. And then, of course, there was the migration away from the hill. It's like, it just became an embarrassment of riches to, do you know what, I wouldn't mind actually being able to see the fucking game. I might just get a Hogan stand ticket off him. Again, check your privilege, Dara. Jesus Christ. A bit pricey though, aren't they? They're 80, are they, for the final? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, the semi-final was only 60. They were 80, yeah. But those years would have, they would have kind of, correlated also with the rise in podcasting and the information age just the binging you could do in build up to games i mean second captains off the ball then just obscure little culty podcasts you could find uh you know you know 90s middle of the road footballers who have a way for words just have their own podcast on the gaa and it just made for great listening not to mention, kind of, you know, all of the paper articles and just general chat. I mean, it was just like, you could binge on everything. Like, and the more information you could get on something, the better. Like, you know, like a really in-depth analysis on Keno Sullivan's sweeping capabilities. You know, the matchups, the Lee Keegan versus Jeremy Connolly, for example. Kick-out strategy, you know. Henley versus Clark, the difference between those two as goalkeepers. The success that Dublin were having was accompanied so well by the information age. And that's without even mentioning the mix story. I remember, I'm trying to get my years right here, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit kind of out of touch with like the specifics. I used to be really good on the specifics, but the reality is in the last three years, like my kind of interest has waned considerably for obvious reasons. But uh, I'm gonna say it was 2009 when Mick started playing for Dublin, but it would have been like 2010 when I really got into it. I remember Dublin got knocked out by Cork in the 2010 semi-final. And they went backdoor that year. I remember being on the hill for all of those backdoor games. So our Dublin team very much on the rise. But I remember just like, you hear mix on the Dublin team. <laughs> like that was the talk. Like, like whatever about him getting his game, whatever about him starting. I remember Rob saying that Rod pointed out, so just, just, that's a great thing to have in the CV, isn't it? Just to say that you're on the Dublin team. And I'm thinking, yeah, that is that. Jeez, that's some achievement. Getting the nod to play for your county. Then there would have been like Mick's rising star. It's like, you know, Mick has a good game in the league after coming off from the bench and he's pictured in the back of the Herald. And that just being the talk of 20 at the time. The extent to which Mick took that in his stride just, I suppose it was kind of lost on me at the time, but like, you have to be programmed a little bit differently just to not in any way be rattled by that like I suppose there's so much natural talent there but that like that kind of aura he'd give off of like I belong there I mean there wasn't much of a bench warming rite of passage it was like all of a sudden he was starting in midfield 
like, and he was getting full games. Like, there was no real, like, he's got to break into the team. It might have been, like, a couple of months during the league, but, like, I mean, by the time 2010 rolled around, he was, like, one of their strongest players and star very much on the up. I remember him being devastated at that 2010 loss to Cork, and I remember, like, it actually hurting for me as well. I was, like, when I realised, like, jeez, I'm going to all these games, don't know many of the players, but, uh, that hurt. I, did, I, I didn't like that. Nick will always argue that his, uh, his favourite All-Ireland was the, the first one, which is normal enough. In 2011, like, they just absolutely stole that one. Do you remember that game? I remember watching it on TV. I think at 76, again, I'm a bit caged in the details, but I think at, like, or 66 minutes, Dublin were four points down, and everything was going against them. And you can hear the commentator, Jer Canning, I think he makes some sort of remark like, and it doesn't look like it's going to be their day today, but this team is young and they'll be back. Like, it was really like, you know, the game's over. And then, of course, what happened, happened. Just a level of elation in the city. Like, the, 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 that just happened. Like, just dream world stuff. It's <laughs> like the Dublin lads just being like, you know, local celebrities, like, you know, <laughs> pictured with, like, like Kev Mack and Eamon Fennell and <laughs> the other guys. Like, remember these guys? Like, Brian Cullen and Nicky Devereaux and all these guys who were, like, yeah, the captain, the 2011 season, all in Copper's captain. Like, he was just, was, like, dropped the next year, even though he's in the prime of his footballing career it just like kind of disappears a little bit because there's such a conveyor belt of players coming through they're all pictured in the front page of the herald this time surrounded by the saturdays remember them saturdays 2012 rolls around and it's dublin mayo semi-final <clears throat> remember driving in that day this was kind of the around the time it was kind of 2011 i was quite ill 2011 through to 2014 i actually remember quite well because i used the dublin games or the kind of the rise of the dublin machine to remember it if you know what i mean but i remember like i was off drink by 2012 and i was like still really really wanted to go to see these games i wasn't in crow park for 2011 um because i i, I don't know i just wasn't uh i wasn't feeling good but also I was not in contention for a ticket either, which would have been completely understandable. 2012, I remember going to a lot of the games. I used to just drive into them by myself. I used to have this massive afro cap. My hair was just fucking off the chain. And I just didn't want to be putting up with abuse on the hill. So I just had this massive cap. I used to wear a big grey one. Yeah, I remember being in the stand. Kind of the... Is it the Davin? It's kind of... Just a, it's kind of part of the hill, it's half part of the hill, but it's kind of more in the corner. I remember down there, and uh, geez, I, remember, I remember Mayo having a huge lead and completely acting the bollocks for the whole thing. I remember David Clark going down the Mayo keeper and just hurt the abuse he was getting. I was like, I was, I was sick, like, I was absolutely sick at what I was seeing when Mayo scraped over the line. 2013, going by memory here, but I think that was Mick's big year. I think that was the year he was player of the year, all-star, Leinster, won every single medal you could win. <laughs> it's so absurd. I think he won. Okay, here's, what I think, here's how I think Mick's 2013 was. It was on the back of the death of his father, which would have been, was it 30 November 2012? And then it was 2013. 
O'Byrne Cup, League, Leinster, All-Ireland, All-Star, Player of the Year. <laughs> like, six months later, he just, like, wins everything you could possibly win in a sport. Unbelievable, like. 13 was the first final I was at. That would have been... That's the one where I got shafted out with that All-Ireland ticket. And Niall, my now brother-in-law, was playing for... Dublin hurlers at the time and he managed to get me a hill ticket so actually I was on the hill with all the lads and uh, yeah that was a very memorable day uh, I remember the game was a little bit stale it was getting Mayo it was like what do I remember from that game Rory O'Carroll being concussed a lot of wides towards the end very edgy Mayo play but uh, yeah it was very physical but interestingly 2014 was uh, if you were to ask me what my favourite year of like the Dublin football team was no, nah, that's kind of wrong to say that, but like, I do remember being unbelievably excited about 2014. Just like the players they had, but the brand of football that they were playing. Gavin was in at this stage, he'd come in in 2013, and 14 was just a year where they were just playing all-out attack football. I mean, it was just, it was like, the, the half-forward and full-forward lines were just unbelievable. Like, it was like... Flynn, Kilkenny, and Connolly in the half-forward line. Full forward would have been like Bernard Brogan. I think Alan Brogan was struggling to get his game at the time. I can't remember if Dean Rock came in by then. I feel like Dean Rock came in around 2015. But I just remember it was just all-out attack. Like It was just... used to see Cooper and Philly McMahon just like... <laughs> right up, like, taking on goal opportunities. And Gavin said this time and time again, we play a brand of football in a way that we feel the game should be played. I actually still think that that starting 15, um, let's go through it in a little bit more detail, say like Mick, maybe Keno Sullivan was playing in midfield from then, would have been kind of bastic, um, or maybe Keno Sullivan gone to full back playing sweeper by then, but like James McCarthy, like Cluxton, I mean, some of these guys are just some of the greatest players ever to have played the game. And, like, as a starting 15, if I was to pick my favourite year as a starting 15, I think that 2014 starting 15 would have been, would have been my favourite. Then, of course, just <laughs> absolute heartbreak coming back from body and soul. Uh, just to bring it a little bit more back about me, I remember building up to that body and soul event. I think it was, like, it was the very last day in August... 30th of August or something like that. I remember building her up a lot because I was starting to feel good. Like only in the last couple of months I was starting to feel good, but like going to a festival was kind of like an intimidating idea, but I really wanted to go to that festival just to say that I went to a festival. And it's like, look, if you're going to festivals, I think you're going to be all right. So I managed to go to that festival, had a fucking ball at the festival. Uh, got the, somebody drove back down on the, um, might have been me, drove back down on the Sunday morning. Dave Lynch decided to just like not go into the game even though he had a ticket for the Hogan stand just went into the Hogan stand bar and just watched it in there. <laughs> I was like yeah there goes Dave Lynch just opting not to walk across the road to Crow Park because he's a little bit too hungover. Yeah I do believe that's the guy who Mick gave my All-Ireland final ticket to last year. Hmm interesting. I'm not better right I'm just, just, just putting it out there. Sitting beside Tommy in the upper Hogan and the 
fucking... I, I, I'd love to see that back. I'd love if someone had video footage of, like, me and Tommy in that second half. Like, the kind of that ambush, the Jim McGuinness ambush, Ryan McHugh goals, and the language out of us was unbelievable. Just a historic rage, like a concentrated, distilled rage. Like, what? Robbed of it, like, absolutely robbed. Especially, again, just given the style of football Dublin played. I remember the... Uh, the, the, the aftermath of that, and it was all talk of, uh, it was all the talk was, well, you know, Jim Gavin's learned a valuable lesson, and you know, over these winter months, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see, has he learned anything? Has he learned anything from, uh, from that defeat? Little did we know that it'll be August 2021 by the time Dublin would lose another game in the Championship. August 2014 through to August 2021. Isn't that inconceivable? Imagine the year 2014. Like, how far away the world 2021 is. Like, that's seven years. Imagine, like, imagine Mayo... Imagine Mayo went on to win the All-Ireland this year and didn't lose another game of football in the Championship. So suffice to say they win every single championship until 2028. Imagine Mayo aren't beaten again until 2028. I mean, the reality is that after 2014, there was like four or five years in a row where there was this conveyor belt of players. There was just like, there was a new player coming into the Dublin team who would go on to be one of the greatest players ever to play the game. <laughs> like, Fenton then came in. Uh, you know... McCaffrey came in. Conor Callahan came in. And you're like, you can't just, like, Dublin were already the strongest team in the country by a country mile. And they were just getting these, like, superstars every year. It's like, this, this could go on a while. And guys like Bernard Brogan were just in their early 30s. Mick would have been something similar. Alan Brogan. Like, early 30s, like, is not old in Gaelic football terms. Most fucking days gone by, like, these guys would be going well into their late 30s. And these guys couldn't get on the pitch like now obviously a hell of a lot of things have happened between the august 2014 defeat and the august 2021 defeat i'm not going to go through every single year or let you guys go on the wikipedia pages yourselves but i do like to think how different my life is from the last two championship defeats like it's just living on a different planet relative to where I was in, in, in August 2014. Like most people, I have a million questions as to what happened there um, in that semi-final defeat last week, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I won't go into it though, but like I've no idea what's going on at Cluxon. Like, why is Cluxon not playing? Why is Mannion not playing? What's going on there? Jack McCaffrey's not playing. Like, these, like Mannion's... I mean, Mannion's like, I've said it before, like, Mannion is the same as Brogan, like, like, no one goes on about Brogan, sorry, no one goes on about Mannion, because he's just one of, you know, group of superstars, but Mannion's one of the greatest players ever to play for Dublin, um, McCaffrey, like, are these guys, is it just too much of a demand, remember on the back of the uh, drawn game 2019 with Kerry, uh, where Dublin went on to beat them in the replay, like, McCaffrey in an interview was just like, oh, is that not it? Do we, have to, do we have to do this again? It's just like, 
this is too much. <laughs> and then McCaffrey just doesn't play anymore. McCaffrey doesn't play anymore. I don't know what's going on with Cluxon. Mannion doesn't play anymore, but still is fucking burning up for Kilmacud Croaks, apparently. So, like most people, I have a lot of questions. But if I'm really, really honest, it's for the best. It's probably for the best. I would have liked if it just ended with Gavin. That would have been nice. I would have liked if it ended with Mick just retiring um, on the back of an All-Ireland victory where he was on the pitch for 70 minutes. But, you know, it's just not how sport works. Like, that's just not how sport works. All good things come to an end. And if I'm really honest, it's, it's for the good of the game.